The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. All right, everybody, prepare yourself uh, for a collective jazz snap, because what you're about to hear is is perfect for the nauseatingly pretentious applause of the progressive crowd. So here we go. It centers around a an artwork, a piece of art, beautiful art, titled Flag Number Two. It's by a German artist, smeared with black paint and the engraving of a striped sock. Now, according to the artist, this uh, represents a new symbolic meaning in the light of recent imprisonment of the immigrant children at the border. Oh, my gosh. I've seen this art. It was uh, hanging on a flagpole in uh, the University of Kansas, I believe it was. Uh, just, it's beautiful. You'd, I mean, it looks like somebody just slapped some black paint on a flag, but that's not what it is. No, no, no. The German-born artist also reminds us, let's not forget that we all came from somewhere. And, the only, and we're only recent occupants of this country. Native cultures knew to take care of this continent. Much better for thousands of years before us. Oh, did they? It's about time for our differences to unite us rather than to divide us. You know, I love being lectured uh, by, a, by, by a German because they're always so inclusive. When they talk to me about, you know, hey, let's make sure that we're not rounding people up. I listen to the Germans. Now, uh... This is a, an art project sponsored by the Creative Time Project. The art project is part of a larger series called Pledges of Allegiance, in which each artist designs a flag that points to an issue the artist is passionate about because they believe that issue is worth fighting for. And it speaks to how we might move forward. Here's my favorite word, collectively. Oh, that is great. And you couldn't have found anything else to put it on except an American flag. That's, that's, that's an interesting choice. Now, most of the other flags have clouds or the blank canvas. I like that one. It's just white. It's called laziness. Oh, dear God. Slogans like horror film called Western Civilization and Don't Worry, Be Angry. It's all a beautiful, beautiful art project that um, you're probably paying for if you if you have kids in university. The flag is a collage of an American flag, one of uh, my dripped paintings and resembles the contours of the United States. I've seen it. No, it doesn't. I divided the shape of the country into two for the flag represents uh, and is designed to uh, reflect a deeply polarized country in which a president has openly bragged about harassing women and is withdrawing from the Kyoto Protocol as if those two things aren't as equally bad. As much as we may not like it or agree with it, this artist is protesting peacefully. Now, this is the thing. They, they, they absolutely have a right to express their anger and their opinions with their freedom of speech. We don't have to like it. We don't have to condone it. I don't even have to call it art. But we're shooting ourselves in the foot if we don't at least respect the right to freedom of speech. I'm just tired of paying for it. 
And I'm also tired of hearing from people who say, you can't wait. It's Cinco de Mayo. Oh, my goodness. We have to expel these kids who are wearing an American flag T-shirt. And then you could do whatever you want to the American flag and run it up the flagpole at a university. These are the same people who throw a tantrum anytime someone orders a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. But in the end, let's just remember, we're the ones that actually get the chicken sandwiches. They don't have they don't get anything. One problem with the flag. And that is the display at a public university. I just want the left to imagine. Now, I know you don't you're now starting to back away from the First Amendment because the First Amendment is being used against you. No. The only reason why the First Amendment is being used, quote, against you is because the only speech that needs protecting is the speech that the majority doesn't like. Now, you're not the majority by any stretch of the imagination, but you are the majority in the universities, in the media and in the um, in uh, government. Now, you have some ability to make us feel like we are in the minority. You're calling all the shots and writing all the rules. That's the only reason why the First Amendment now is coming into play. Because when you were going to court to defend your right to speak, you were defending a crucifix in urine. We're going to court to say, I don't have to say those things. I'm a doctor. I don't have to call this man a woman because he thinks he's a woman. That's not science. Boy, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I think I'd rather be on the side of science than the cross in urine. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was beautiful art, and I hope you made a lot of money on that. It was great. Now, let me ask you this. You did that. What do you think the, what do you think the response would be if a conservative art collective stained a rainbow flag and called it an art project and raised it on a flagpole at a public university. Do you think you'd be okay with that? You see, it runs both ways. How about if a university of Texas raised a rebel flag and called it art? See, this is the key. If conservatives and libertarians want to be political on campus, Apparently, all you have to do is do it under the guise of art. Apparently, that's the way you get it done. It's Thursday, July 12th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I think the win here is just to totally remain calm. The win here is... The 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 things that are going on are so ridiculous that all you have to do is just remain calm the whole time. For instance, I could be really upset uh, at the at the whole idea that uh, I've been called and smeared and um, and really run through the mud as a conspiracy theorist because 
one of the conspiracies was that I debunked the FEMA camps. Okay, now that's never that's you never read all of that. You just read conspiracy theorist Glenn Beck who talked about FEMA camps. Yes, I did. I debunked them. But they made that into a conspiracy for me because they said you were even talking about a conspiracy. And because you even brought it up, you gave it credibility. Now, I could be angry when I hear things from MSNBC like I'm going to play for you. But the winning play here is, again, just to remain calm and point it out. Because there was a conspiracy of FEMA camps. Oh, Barack Obama, and first I think it was George Bush, is building these FEMA camps. And they've got all these bags where they're going to bury people. And it's really, okay, shut up. Not true. The other conspiracy that we were really clear on was the birth certificate. The birth certificate of Barack Obama. There's this, it, it, A, it's not true. B, if it was at that point, it didn't it wouldn't it wouldn't have meant anything. It wouldn't have done anything. You could have had proof positive and it would not have removed him from office. A lot like what the left is now saying about Donald Trump. What do you do to get this guy out of office? You could have had a KGB agent saying, yes, this was a fake uh, birth certificate we put together. His name is actually Boris. And it wouldn't have made any difference at all. So I'm a conspiracy theorist. I want you to listen to this from MSNBC. Okay, it sounds insane. I just want to say it really does. Like the idea that he went, he goes to Moscow in 87, is cultivated as a Russian intelligence asset and is this sort of like sleeper cell for decades sounds nuts. It sounds like the stuff of conspiracy theories. Why are you not insane? So that's a great question, Chris. (laughs) I get that all the time. Uh, so So first of all, the piece acknowledges that that is probably not true, but it might be. And one of the reasons stop, I wrote this is stop, stop, stop. It's probably stop. not true, but it might be. So wait a minute, hang on. What we're talking about here, uh, and they went on for about what fourteen minutes or so. I think eight. So they eight they go on and they're they're saying, look, this sounds nuts. Well, what's nuts? That Donald Trump has been a Soviet sleeper agent since the nineteen eighties, just waiting to be activated. <laughs> And then he said, well, the piece itself acknowledges that this probably isn't true. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) You take seriously some of these low probability, high impact scenarios, you know, before the election. Wait, 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 wait. So it's the press's duty to take on these low probability and high. What was it? Uh, uh. High impact. High impact Mm -hmm. theories. Oh, okay. I just, we should just write this down so we know. It seems like the FEMA camps were low probability, (laughs) but high impact potentially. Everyone heard that Hillary Clinton had about an 80% chance of winning, and we all just treated it like that meant 100% and didn't think about what would that 20% alternative really means so that's part of what i'm doing with this with with aspects of this piece like this trip to moscow you know 
what would it mean if it was if it really went that deep? Now there's a <laughs> lot of ways in which this. <laughs> I love this. I love this. So what would it mean? What would his trip to Moscow mean? I just we're just writing this. Was this this is not the Atlantic? This was New York Magazine. New York Magazine. So we're just I'm just writing this and saying what would it mean his trip to Russia? If he were a sleeper cell from the 1980s, well, gee, I think that's a pretty short article. It would be really bad. It would mean really bad things. Yeah. Well, and wasn't the theory with the Barack Obama gift, uh, birth certificate the fact that he was a sleeper he was cell? A sleeper cell. Yes. That the Russians had planned this all along. <laughs> right. Right. These are birthers. Yeah. This is birthers. Yes. And here is MSNBC. Doing pushing it. it. They're pushing it. Right. Scandal could be really bad and not go that deep. But I think you need to consider that for another reason, which is that everyone always says, well, this has been Trump's view forever. All this stuff he's saying about the Western allies splitting us apart from the West and, and how he's how he's sort of pissing on them all the time and, and saying, well, you know, we should let them go their own way. That's just what he's always thought. It's not really what he's always thought. It's what he's thought since 1987. He never thought that before then, or at least he never said it mm. before then. And in 1987 is when he, he went to Moscow and he's feted by the Russians in, in tours Moscow and then he comes back then he starts talking about running for president Amazing. for the first time and then he starts talking for the first time about how our allies are a bunch of freeloaders and we should kick him to the curb. Yeah, we should okay. say that Can he is, stop I mean, for a second. Where was he in 1985? Where was he? Where, where was Yeah, where was his height? Because his height was at the end of the Reagan administration, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he... He bought his first casino, I think, in the late '80s. Right. Okay. So he's well, he's now. Then he starts to go on record about the well. Well, yeah, people because knew he, who was, he was then right, and he <laughs> no. was a big mogul by that time. Yes, and that's around the time that Art for the Art of the Deal came out. It, then people started listening to him. They were listening to him in 1975. <laughs> right. It's it's ridiculous. What were Glenn Beck's views in 1969? <laughs> I don't know. I was four. <laughs> Nobody was really listening to me then. Isn't that the same time you visited Canada, though? And then have always Hang on. His mic was just unplugged or something. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is LifeLock. Security professionals... Warning now of email phishing scams targeting World Cup fans. Now, I'm completely safe. This is just, just yet another reason America is number one. Uh, we don't have to worry about the World Cup thing. In fact, this thing has gone on so long now, I, I'm beginning to question the rest of the world. I really am. Uh, they're all, you know, you read day after day, oh, this country's depressed. Oh, England's depressed. Get over it. It's soccer. Nobody in... Well, at least in the place that counts, cares about the soccer uh, cup, whatever it is. Okay. Anyway, um, they're now fishing for anybody who is connected online with uh, the World Cup. So if you're you're uh, looking for information, et cetera, et cetera, it can come on in and, and put um, uh, a, a weak link into your system. Criminals can get in and start taking your... your uh, your uh, passcodes, your banking codes, LifeLock uh, identity theft protection. 
is now um, added the power of Norton security, which will help protect you against the threats to your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. And if you have a problem, the agents are going to be there to work to fix it. Nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover the threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code BACK. In an extra 10% off your first year, promo code BACK with LifeLock.com. So the year that I was made... Uh, Defender of Israel and given that award by Benjamin Netanyahu is the year that I was also called an anti-Semite for discussing the facts, the facts that George Soros manipulates world markets and Mm -hmm. is working to manipulate uh, the governments of the world. There was also the fact that he was made to go out with Nazis and and show up at the home of Jews and invite them to leave their homes. Right. When he was a kid. And I don't condemn him for that. He was a kid at the time. And we only get that from him. From him. So, from him. Uh, right. So anyway, but that's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Okay. But Chris Hayes and New York Magazine with Jonathan Chait, which I believe has hate. Just drop one letter and you've you, got You can't hate. spell Chait without hate. You can't, you you can't. can't do it. So uh, he writes a story in uh, New York Magazine that says that Donald Trump is a sleeper uh, spy for the former Soviet Union. The KGB turned him in 1987 on his first trip to Russia. Mm -hmm. Now, he says this is most likely not true, (laughs) but he feels that, and so does uh, Chris Hayes, that we have to look at these low probability, high impact theories. And just to, you know, prepare because, you know, we all thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win and she didn't. So what happens if this is true? I'm going to spill the beans. I'm going to do it, Pat, as I'm tired of living this lie. Oh, no. I'm going to do oh, it. No. Now, if Stu were here, would he recommend you He not? would recommend that he I would don't. Say, don't do he it. Let's talk about it. it off the air But first. I'm going to tell you know what I'm going to. I'm going to talk about NASA. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Don't. Here's the deal. Oh, Does no. anybody remember any interviews with Donald Trump before Apollo 11? Uh, so 1969? No, yes. I don't. You don't? I don't remember right? any. No. You don't remember any? I don't. Then suddenly, a few years after Apollo 11, <laughs> he appears and he becomes this giant mogul. Now, this is probably not true. But Imagine the impact, though, if it is. Okay. We're talking Donald Trump is a moon baby. And uh, so Neil you're Armstrong, saying Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin found him on the surface. Yes. And, and brought him back. They brought him back. He was a he is a plant from the dark side of the moon. Well, then we don't even know where his loyalties lie. No. Well, the dark side of the moon. You know what the dark side of the moon is? I, I don't. It's dark because when you look into a cannon, uh-huh. what's it look like? <laughs> it looks dark. It looks dark. Very dark. The moon, the other side, is actually the opening of a giant space cannon. Now, that's probably not true, but imagine if it were. Okay. And the moon is mm-hmm. actually the cannonball in the giant space cannon. That's high impact. And when the moon baby commands it, notice he's calling for a space force. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. When the moon baby commands it, the moon turns around and we're looking at the dark side of the moon, which is the 
inside of the cannon cannon and they're going to fire the moon at us now imagine a big impact that's the that's, biggest impact am i right huge that's we have a responsibility mm-hmm to get this information to Chris Hayes <laughs> because Chris Hayes will expose this because this is the biggest impact low probability that I can imagine Donald Trump is a moon baby this is really going to surprise you um, but the media does a really terrible job at a lot of things and one of the things they do a terrible job at is covering cryptocurrencies uh, they will just take, uh, you know, someone like Jamie Dimon from uh, J.P. Morgan, who came out and called Bitcoin a fraud. And then they don't really cover the fact that J.P. Morgan wound up emerging as one of the most active buyers on behalf of their clients of a fund that tracks the Bitcoin price. George Soros did the same type of thing. you got to have the full picture. Experts are all over the map when it comes to cryptocurrencies. You need to know the facts. We're going to explore this in a live, free online broadcast that Glenn is going to personally host on July 19th. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com and register for the free special event. You're to discover the new case for Bitcoin, three names of cryptocurrencies that Tika Tuari recommends that you should buy now. It's a really important list. And exclusively, you'll get access to the $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com and register. It's BeckCryptoShow.com. BeckCryptoShow.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I am... uh still a little perplexed by the lack of coverage from the conservative side on a what I think is a really important story. And I I don't know why people aren't picking this up. Do you have any ideas, uh, Pat, of the the 3D printed gun uh, freedom of speech case that that that, uh, Corey Wilson was uh, uh, was suing the government because he said they shut him down, call, basically called him a terrorist mm-hmm. for putting the schematics and yeah, lack of a better term, the schematics of a gun to be 3D printed and that you can't do that. Well, he won the case and the government had to not only pay for his attorney fees, but they had to admit that they were wrong. That 3D printing, uh, the schematics can be shared online up to a 50 caliber, uh, no automatic weapons. uh, And they also had to admit that the AR-15 is not a weapon of war. How is this not a big story? I don't know. It doesn't even seem like Fox is necessarily. I know nobody's on this. We we have uh, Cody Wilson uh, joining us uh, in about half an hour from now. So don't. Don't miss that. Um, let's see. Do we want to uh, want to go back to the MSNBC, or do you want to move to Stephen Crowder? Uh, the Crowder is the Crowder confrontation is pretty fun. Okay, so it's, so Stephen Crowder uh, is a guy who is just fearless, uh, and he has he has gone out. He was in Austin, and he was holding these uh, you know change my mind sessions out on the street. Where he would, they'd be a big statement behind him, uh, and I don't remember what the one was in Austin, but it was about transgenderism. That that you know, I think a, it was how many genders are there? Was Isn't that, that what, what he was? was asking? Yeah, yeah. And, and his he thing said, was there were two, two, right? And he and and so he just does this thing, change my mind, and he invites mm-hmm. people who are walking down the street to change his mind. Well, one of the people that was running for I think city council, who is a trans gendered woman 
uh, sat down and spent 40 minutes with him. And they talked, and it was a really, I watched it. It was a really interesting conversation. Well, while that was happening, there was somebody in Austin that tweeted, uh, Stephen Crowder is at this location. Somebody's got to uh, go slash their tires or surround them and remind them, you know, that they should be more prepared to come to our city. And he gave him the exact location of where to go find him. Right. Okay. So Crowder finds this and decides to print all the evidence. And before he goes to police, he decides to go to the guy who he knows where he's working and say, hey, dude, before I call the police, do you, will you just take this down and apologize? Here's what happened. Ah, Austin, Texas, a city of great coffee, great food, great conversation, and people who want to vandalize our property and see us die. Meet Day. He's just your local transgender juice barista who calls for acts of violence in his spare time. What kinds of acts? Like publicly posting our specific location with calls to visit us, slash our tires, and teach us lessons ensuring that we'll never make ourselves vulnerable again. How do we know that he, she, z meant business? Because he, she, z said so while recruiting the same friends who helped him to face the Robert E. Lee statue at UT. <laughs> Silly <laughs> That's a crime too. Oh well. Civility's great, but you plot violence, it's time to confront. Hey, kids. So he actually goes into the place of business. Remember me? Uh, no. No? You don't remember me at all? Steven Crowder at all? No, not familiar? No. This is you threatening to slash my tires here? Remember this? Slash my... Hey, stop. He first says no. No, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know who you are. Well, he clearly does because Stephen walks in with this giant poster board of his uh, f- uh, Twitter page or his Facebook page, and it's posted a picture of Stephen Crowder. He knows who Stephen Crowder is, obviously. Soon as he says, "Oh, really? You don't know who I am?" Because this is the evidence that you do. The kid immediately then says, hey, dude, you just really need to chill out. Tires and actually, funny enough, also, also the Robert E. Lee statue seems you helped to face. We're trying, we're trying to work. Let me ask you, why do you think it's okay to threaten to slash someone's tires? Hey, I didn't do it. Predictable, Z. The first instinct is always denial. But why did you do this, oh man? Well, you realize that you, you put our crew in danger. Lucky for us, we had a Bristol board. How about you check this out here? Don't, before we, we'll, we'll leave this, co- yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a conservative who has a difference of opinion from you. And I've never threatened actions of violence. I've never threatened a slashing one. Okay, stop for a second. Now, if you're watching, if you would be watching this, you will notice that now the barista's boss is now standing between him and Steven Crowder and defending him. Now, I just want you to remember what happened at Starbucks at Starbucks. Now look at what is happening to this guy, a threat, a guy who has threatened someone else and has admitted on his Facebook page that he was also behind the vandalism of a statue in Austin. So you're working with a guy who has now admittedly done two crimes. Call the police. You know what? Let's let's call the police no, officers. Because matter of fact, we actually leave. have. The, no, no. Actually, I would like to speak with the police. We're about to file a report very soon. Okay, you so should do that, man. Chance, listen, this okay. is a part of being a man. Is owning up to the actions here. When you threaten violence against someone, 
When you threaten violence against someone, part of being a man is taking ownership of your actions, taking responsibility. And this is really pretty kind, I think, of Stephen, because this person's fairly new as a man. And so this is a, a nice life lesson in how to, you know, solidify your identity. I, I think it's helpful. Tell me. you would come back when I was off work. I, I, so I will, but could you, you just, but I don't believe you're going to be here because you're a dishonest human being. You said you didn't even post this and acted like you didn't know me. I think you're a liar. I think you need to go. Let me ask you this. Could you just say, hey, you're sorry, take this down. Could you take this down? Could you take it down because there are other people, it's not going anywhere? Oh, there you go. He just admitted to doing it. But my name's on it. Of course I did. That has nothing to do with it. So you did do it. So you think it's okay to threaten someone and slash their tires? I didn't do it. Did so I? was it a joke? Are your tires okay? Thank you, Tom. So does that make it? You know, it's a it's a crime. It's a crime Again, to threaten this. Talk to him. You understand that, right? Okay, it's a crime. Could you to take trespass. it down? Could you take it down? No, it's a crime. It's Could a you crime take it down or just just say, hey, listen, I don't really want to call actions to violence to people who disagree. I think it's time for you to go. Dude. Part of being, come on, you want to play the part. Part of being a man is owning up to the actions and admitting what you did. They they call the police. Well, good. I think they should call the police. I think they call the police. We should file a report. I would like to, before filing a report, offer you the chance to take it down and just stop with the threats of violence. You stop with the okay, threats, you stop. take it. I think Steven Crowder is being really magnanimous here. Yeah, uh, just take it down. Just take it down and apologize and say, I don't want anything to do with violence. Tells him it's not going anywhere. He's not going to. He has no intention of taking it down. Why? Uh... I, I I don't know. The guy's serious about uh, being violent to Stephen because Crowder? Because I believe... He hates him so much? He is not afraid of what happens when Stephen Crowder leaves. Yeah. He is surrounded mm-hmm. by people who think he's right and and think that what he's done is okay to do for, on conservatives or to conservatives. Now, if he were a conservative... And some liberal walked in and outed him as a conservative. I would bet you that his boss would not protect him like that. He's no way. He's not afraid of any consequence because there are no consequences when you are on the progressive or the uh, postmodernist side. You can do whatever you want, and there are no consequences. Down. I already am, but everybody knows who this guy is. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. Just. Hey, just keep okay. looking at me. Oh my God. You're Why all do you right, think this I'll person is being abused? This is a threat of violence. I'm not going to. You're not going to read it. Is that actually, but really? First off, I would never threaten anyone here with violence. I hate violence. Certainly That's for political opinions. Well, we actually had to change my mind, which is a segment we do where we sit down. And we actually had Danielle here, who's running for city council, a transgender person, sit down for 40 minutes and talk. At that time, was threatening to slash our tires, and someone who works at UT was asking our car to be firebombed. The time for discussing is over. It's time to renounce the acts of violence coming from people who you employ. So I I can't speak to this. I'm on the clock. I can't speak to this right now, dude. I you can read, can't you? And please, I've listened to you. Please this step can, can you out. understand? Here, look. I'll help you. I'll, I'll take your poster outside for you. No, no. I'd like you to keep it here for when the police arrive. But I would love it for when the police arrive because that's actually evidence. So I'd like to keep it. Now he snaps the poster in half. Where did you put the board? Um, one of your friends nicely yanked it out of my hands, and he has it outside. Gosh, so they got they got slightly yeah, Yankee. Yeah, so a little Yankee, a little Yankee, a little Yankee. A little Yankee. Yeah, just like a little bit. Great. Of- well, I hope we have it on camera. All of you need to walk out with your GoPros and your pretty cameras. Oh, that's right. I guess no right to film. Okay, so it, this ends with the police coming, and the police don't go after uh, Stephen Crowder, um, and. Uh, they don't arrest the other kid 
either. However, Stephen does fill out a complaint and they say that they are going to be looking into it. Now, we're going to follow this story because I'd like to see what looking into it means from the Austin Police Department. If you are threatening people with firebombing, if you are claiming that you are part of defacing public property, if you are inciting people to go to a specific location at a specific time and either firebomb or slash tires, does that matter? Does that matter? It should, and yeah. it would if it was on the right. Yeah. But, but like you said, I, I, I don't know in this case. I don't think it will. No. He'll, he'll and, get no consequence from and this. And anyone, uh, the, remember that someone just wouldn't obey the Starbucks rules. The rules. you got to buy something, anything. To, you have to be a customer to use the bathroom and to stay here. They called police on that. And that was so offensive that the, the Starbucks chain shut down for a day. Here's this little juice bar that I'm sure nothing's going to happen because it's, I'm sure it's local and it's in Austin. And it's in the progressive little, you know, neo-Marxist neighborhood. And they're not going to do anything about it. In fact, they will wear this as a badge of honor and he will become a superstar. He'll become the barista at this juice bar. And no, no lesson will be learned. And we'll probably see him on Stephen Colbert. And he'll be a little uh, celebrity for 15, 20 minutes. The, the little barista himself, I'll bet you, Colbert will get him, and Jimmy Kimmel. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, it's not like somebody could bring a, a clock into class that looks kind of like a... <laughs> a bomb. Oh, well, it's... Yeah. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> and he becomes famous. Here's our sponsor this half hour. It's Casper. Casper wants to make sure that you have the best night's sleep. Uh, and the best way to do that is to test a mattress out. You know, if you have a new pair of shoes, I, I have a pair of shoes in my closet that I bought. I wore like two times. I wore them in the store and I like them. And then I wore them a couple of other times and they were so uncomfortable. I hated them. If that's ever happened to you, can you imagine what's happening with the mattress that you're sleeping on? You buy a mattress because you'll go into the store and you'll flop around on it for a few minutes. That doesn't tell you anything. And then what happens if you don't like it? You just live with it. Don't. Try a Casper mattress for 100 nights with their 100-night sleep challenge. 100 nights. If you're not getting a great sleep you know, by, by night 40, send it back. And they come and pick it up and they refund every single penny without a question asked. It is Casper. Use the promo code Beck right now, and you're going to save, uh, I can't remember how much it is, 50 bucks on select mattresses. It's promo code Beck at Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. So I am, I'm very curious as to uh, why the media, even on the right, are, are not... Uh, following a story 
about a massive free speech lawsuit that the government just lost to Cody Wilson and uh, and uh, SAF. Now, what this is, is Cody Wilson was on our program, I don't know, five years ago, and you know him from this quote. Who, you know, in whose conception, under what paradigm, you know, I'm just resisting. What am I resisting? I don't, I don't know. know. The collectivization of manufacture, <laughs> the institutionalization <laughs> of the human psyche. I'm not sure, but I can tell you one thing. What? This is a symbol of reversibility. They can never eradicate the gun from the earth. Right. Okay, so. that is that is true. <laughs> the symbol of irreversi- uh, ir- irreversibility that can never eradicate the gun from the earth. That is what this was all about, this lawsuit. Do you have the right to put basic schematics up of a gun in 3D printed form so you can download it to a 3D printer and print and make your own guns? The court decided, yes, that is freedom of speech. So now he can continue to post these things. Uh, Also, they admitted that the AR-15 is a modern sporting rifle, and the government was forced to say that this is not a weapon of war. So why isn't this being covered? And is this a good thing? I want you to hear from uh, Cody Wilson uh, himself. He's from Defense Distributed. He's coming up in in just a second. Uh, he is he is a admitted um, uh, anarchist. Anarchist, some ways. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. free market anarchist. Mm-hmm. I don't think he believes in uh, trademarks and copyrights, which I have a problem with. Um, but he has made a great deal of of uh, coverage here, I think, for the Second Amendment. And you have to hear f- from him yourself. What does this mean for the future? Cody Wilson joins us in a second. Glenn Beck. It's Cody. Thursday, July 12th. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the it. Glenn Beck Program. Right, okay, get off my back. Cody Wilson is uh, the founder uh, and, I believe, CEO of Defense Distributed. This is a company that makes digital files that lets anyone print 3D untraceable guns. Um, he is also in the business of making the actual printers, and I have purchased one of these guns. We have it in our collection for our museum because I think this is an important step. Uh, one of the very first 3D printed guns. If you, if, you, if you ever handle it, you would have no idea that this is... I've handed it to people before who are gun people and said, tell me about this gun. What do you think about this gun? And they were, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's 3D printed. They can't believe it. Um, but the world is changing. Now, he was sued. I'm sorry. He was, uh, he was stopped by the government. Uh, they called him all kinds of names. Uh, he sued, and he won. The government uh, came out with quite a statement this week. It's not getting a lot of press, and I don't know why. We have Cody on with us now. Hello, Cody. How are you? Hey, Mr. Beck. Good morning. Um, so, Cody, you are you are an interesting dude. Um, let's let's start with a couple of uh, uh, definitions uh, from you on how you describe yourself. You're a crypto anarchist. What can you def- define that? What does that mean? Uh, that's 
that's just for the kids, man. But, uh, <laughs> but basically, you know, in the, in the 80s, in the 80s, they came up with these, this idea that the Internet would allow, if not outright political anarchy, at least a virtual form, mm-hmm. which would mean like we'd get things like Bitcoin and we'd get things like WikiLeaks and these, these liquid markets of information that no government or set of governments could really prevent. Right. You know, the, the creation of the, such economies. I mean, the, the people demanded it and the frictionless flows of information would allow them. I simply claimed back in the day that, you know, uh, liquid information and guns would be a part of that. So it's kind of a, uh, I get, I keep getting called a radical these days, but you know, when the department of justice comes out and says what you're doing is constitutional, uh, mm-hmm. or they come out and say, Brett Kavanaugh is some type of extremist for following the, the, the letter of the law, you know, it's funny how like the, the shoes switch feet these days. I, I don't feel it like has. much of a radical right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I am having a difficult time uh, backing the government on what they claimed. This was the Obama administration that went after you. Um, but uh, having a hard time uh, with this, however, if, because of the world we're living in, there's no way that you're ever going to put the genie back in the bottle. Uh, 3D printed everything is just a part of our lives or will be soon. Um, uh, however, there, you know, it is kind of a frightening thing that we should actually discuss uh, because anybody can print anything. And now if you're afraid of everybody, that's, uh, you know, that's a that's a problem with society. Could you t- just a real quick free market anarchist? What do you what is that? Uh, I don't know, the basic principles of free market anarchy are that you think markets, not laws and other arbitrary yeah, okay. systems, hierarchy should determine things. But look, man, I mean, would I, would I vote? Maybe. But <laughs> the important thing is I'm glad that uh, the political American tides that serve like our gun culture, for example, I'm glad they exist. Right? I, I like being American. I, I like being a part of this unique history that, that put the popular ownership of firearms in people's hands. And I believe that I helped the Second Amendment, in fact, with, with my too. political philosophy. I mm-hmm. supplemented it. And I don't believe that like, we're, uh, we're opposed necessarily. Uh, I like the, the old radical Republican ideals of the founding of this country. I know we, we share that in common. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so, co- so, Cody, we, uh, so, so why isn't the press, uh, because I see this as a huge victory uh, for the Second Amendment. Why do you suppose no one is picking this story up? It's us and Wired Magazine. Yeah, that's true. Well, look, you had Kavanaugh. Uh, Trump Trump determines the cycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the liberals right now, this week, were so worried about preserving Roe. And I mean, I'm, honestly, I don't blame them. And I even feel bad for them. Uh, I, I'm not hurt that this didn't get more press. If, if it did, I'd be having to, you know, watch my back or something. I know. So and then why report? Why report on the fact that the Second Amendment is forever now? That doesn't help you out, does it? Yeah, right. <laughs> so tell me about tell me what the ruling means in 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 what you believe. Your one of your attorneys was Alan Gura, who is you know behind the Heller case. He's one of the best Second Amendment attorneys, if not the best, uh, in the country. Tell us what you think this means. That's right. I I would say we got the number one guy, the guy that really gave us the modern Second Amendment. I did not want to do this wrong. What this means is it, it's really more of a victory for the First Amendment. I, kn- I know that's harder to translate for people. I, I know you guys will get that. This was the government ultimately on the merits question running away from a really a, a real stinker of a First Amendment case where they would have to police or give themselves a plenary power to police all the information related to guns online. Well, we, we all know that that's absurd. So this is the, the government itself recognizing that it, it really shouldn't take on or even attempt to justify such a power. And I was frankly 
uh, shocked to see it resolve this way. Yeah, I was too. Um, so, Cody, does it does it uh, you it, what the ruling says is your freedom of speech to publish all of this, which is basically, if you will, um, you know, a computer blueprint for a 3D printer to print the gun. You can do that. Um, however, what about me downloading it do, uh, and, and printing a gun? That's not yeah. addressed, is it? Well, it is. I've got good news for you, sir. Um, but uh, the technicalities, like the moving parts of this, the, this involved the Bureau and the State Department and these, uh, this set of laws called the ITAR. The, the upshot is a temporary modification to these laws has been created. And when I post these things and you come visit my site and post whatever you want, all that stuff gets committed to the, to the commons, to the public domain, and then is there, thereby free for everyone in, in the country to use. And it's, it's free for you to come to my site and, and contribute yourself. So by me winning, every American has the unquestionable right to traffic in this information. And we're not just talking 3D printing. 3D printing is a handle for it, but we're really talking about blueprints, CAD, CAM, for all the guns we know and love everything we're, we're talking about the, the entire harvest the entire computer-aided design and manufacture of of popular firearms it's it's now free and clear and open for the rest of time and i would not be in trouble in your view for printing a gun no no it's a separate question really but you know as long as you've been able to own a gun in this country you've been able to make one without question now some states want to regulate it if you get into the business right of selling these guns and distributing them the federal government, that's when they step in. But what's great about this country is you've, you've always been able to make guns here. We've, we've built this country on building guns. Huh. Um, and so your, your company, Defense Distributed, um, you're the one who made my gun, the one that I bought from you five years ago or so. Um, but now you're, in, you're making the actual 3D printers that make those guns? Uh, yeah, we found, we found an opportunity to make a milling machine. Uh, that, that helps machine some 80% lowers and unfinished guns, things like that. Just a, an available place in the market. Maybe you won't believe me, but I, I only started that so I could fund this, this lawsuit. Huh. I just didn't know it would take like five years to get it done. Right. But, uh, but blessed are the naive, right? And, you know, we, we're, we're too foolish to know that we can't win. And then, uh, then you get lucky and you win. So are you selling those printers? Uh, yeah, I am. I have a, a website called Ghost Gunner. Ghostgunner.net. We sell mills for, gosh, $1,600, 1700 uh And will that world. make the gun that, do you remember the 1911 you sold to me? Sure. I, okay. I know what you're talking about. That's, yeah. a, that's a laser-centered 1911. No, that's, that was quite a, a high-tech application. But our mill does finish unfinished 1911 frames. So there's another way of my, making 1911s from what's called 80% frames. So that's, that's another great thing about our industry now and, and what digital technologies have done for the gun owner. There's lots of ways, right? There's lots of roads back to Rome, <laughs> and uh, this definitely contains one of them. So, Cody, here's one of the things that I, I think we disagree on, um, uh, and I'd love to hear your opinion. I, I think what made America, what changed people and changed the world was the, uh, the patent or the, the copyright. It allowed the average person to dream and create and then change their status. I think that your view is, is that's just that's all gone anyway. Um, and, and it's going to be posted online and you'll be able to print whatever you wanted. Uh, 
is that do you think that helps uh the uh the progress of man if you will uh well i I think the older well i I agree with your assessment that giving people monopolies helps them out so if it's really like the post-war distortions of ip that are objectionable to me you know life of the author plus 70 years on these copyrights and things you know if if we're gonna have a, a set of intellectual property let's let's make it truly useful for the commons let's give people truly limited monopolies in their lifetimes less than their lifetimes you know that so that people can begin to benefit from right from other people's work I, i'm okay with having compromises on these positions but my my idealist position is that i i think society on net would probably be better without strong patent and strong copyright laws but irony of ironies the way i won this lawsuit is that the state department came in and gave me a monopoly to publish these to publish these files so i you know what are you going to do i i get that there's benefits no question there are benefits are you are you the are you the only one now that can print these or i mean they could publish these uh it's it's funny like yes but i don't think they're going to penalize anyone else for for doing it and importantly you know because because of my position i'm not going to use that monopoly to to be anti-competitive i'm just saying hey come to my website share the stuff here and then when i share it and put it up anyone can use it again you know so it's it's kind of a trick and i don't think most people even need to understand that but it is ironic that a guy who who says hey we shouldn't give ip protections to people ends up winning with something like an ip protection (laughs) that is ironic i want to (laughs) i i I, can you hold for a minute cody i want to come back and i I want to talk to you because you were you were named Mm -hmm. wired magazine's 15 most dangerous people in the world uh and uh a lot has happened in your life since uh, we spoke about five years ago and i just kind of like to recap some of those and hear your point of view of a what is it like to be named one of the 15 most dangerous people in the world when we come back. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, the uh, Palm Beach research cryptocurrency course that we've put together for our audience. Feedback's been really, really remarkable. Tika Tawari was in the studios a few weeks ago, and we decided that we should do a, an in-depth show for anybody who's interested in cryptos and want to learn more. I'm not an expert on this by any stretch of the imagination, but I do own cryptocurrency. I wish I would have bought it a lot earlier. And I don't know how this whole thing is going to shake out, but uh, I think that cryptocurrency is part of our future, a big part of our future. I'll be hosting a special Thursday, July 19th. It's at 8 p.m. It's absolutely free. You don't have to, you know, buy anything or, you know, have a subscription or anything. All you have to do is go to beckcryptoshow.com, beckcryptoshow.com. In this show, we're going to be sharing the names of three cryptocurrencies that uh, Tika says you you need to buy now. You have a chance to win $2 million in crypto. Uh, Go to beckcryptoshow.com. Register now. Don't miss it. It's a week from tonight. Beckcryptoshow.com. We're talking to uh, Cody Wilson, a fascinating, fascinating guy who has just changed the world. Um, he's the founder of Defense Distributed, and in fact, Ammo Land just said this. Cody Wilson had a goal. That goal is to make all gun control irrelevant. Starting on July 27th, 2018, his goal will come to fruition. You believe that, Cody? 
Oh, I think in the hearts of men, it's already relevant, but it's not good. So, you strangely, you seem more humble than when we spoke five years ago. What has life been like with you for the last five years? Uh, well, you know, humbling could be an answer to that question, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, when you get started, there's being, there's being real hungry, right? There's being real ready for it. And then there's, uh, you know, the world to give you everything you want in terms of difficulty. So, yeah. uh, it's cool, man. Yeah. I've I've been watching, I've been watching you too. You know, uh, you, you get out there for long enough, you know, you just try to, you try to stay in the game and there's, there's a lot of room for being disheartened and you need courage and you need strength and it's nice it's i feel like i've been tempered somewhat by uh the difficulty yeah i feel the same way uh cody tell me was it a humbling experience or was it cool to be named wired magazine's 15 most dangerous people in the world oh man you know that happened when i was 24 years old so what do you what do you think i did with that like uh, <laughs> <laughs> what <do> you, <laughs> Ender, yeah. no no sir no sir i walk in any room in in, in any bar in the world and uh make yeah. use of that yeah. Um, it, it, why did they say that about you? It was it just uh, well, this or I mean, you have with cryptocurrency. I can't figure out where you are really because you 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 wanted to be on the board of Bitcoin to destroy Bitcoin. Oh, no, sir. Well, I mean, the foundation, you know, I, I didn't think that Bitcoin needed stewards or institutional representatives. You know, I felt like why interface with the government? Why volunteer anything? Like, you know, they couldn't catch up. Why help? So uh, I, I love mm. Bitcoin. Oh, man. Bitcoin is, you know, I started taking Bitcoin in 2012 uh, to help with my project. And that was probably the single best decision I ever made. Shut up. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I sat with Mark Andreessen about that same time. And he wow. said, Glenn, you should, you, should, uh, you should accept Bitcoin. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we, we should do that. And I never did. Was what it, a fool. Was it even at, was it even at 300 per coin back then? Cody, no, or did you buddy, get, I, you got I was a, getting them at 9 and 12. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my wow. gosh. It was, listen, it was nice, okay? Now, I, uh, yeah. I, I when, it, when it went up to 1,000, I, I cashed out quite a bit, maybe half at the time, and oh, my manufacturing dang. company. But it was still beautiful. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. And to this day, I, I have quite a bit. So I'm. I'm so what I'm do you think? What do you think the future is? Because Bitcoin became mm-hmm. too hot. Uh, it just became a trend, a fashion trend, uh, and people really didn't un- even understand it. I think. Um, uh, where do you think it goes from here? Well, this is it, it's somewhat cyclical, like the public apprehension of it. So yeah, it got really overheated to twenty thousand, but I think we'll see twenty thousand again. And uh, I, I, honestly, I believe in, in the monetary economics of Bitcoin. You know, uh, like you teach sound money. Uh, I believe that Bitcoin is perhaps the soundest money to have ever been created. Yeah. On its, on its principle, on, on technical principle alone. But there's also a, a beautiful community of people developing around it and all kinds of institutional tie-ins that are just almost in the offing. And um, look, I think it's going to, it's, it's here to stay, at least in concept. But, but even I believe that uh bitcoin itself is the innovation it's it's not the other technologies it's that we really did create uh, by an order of magnitude a more sound money than than even hard currencies where do you stand on things like um agi and asi do you think we're going to get there uh you know what i don't know if i know what you mean 
uh, AI is artificial intelligence. AGI oh, sure. is uh, artificial general intelligence, and ASI is super intelligence. Got it. Okay. Well, in the computer science problem, I think uh, a, a a general AI is actually like you know a fantasy, but hmm. like I, I, I actually do believe that. Uh, I don't believe that AI is the kind of global threat that we hear about all the time from the really why. Like yeah, well, I mean, one, I'm not a computer scientist, but with like philo- my background in philosophy of science and other things, I, I actually believe it's a more than a difficult problem to create a, a general intelligence. Intelligence is associated with all kinds of things that aren't just uh, raw logics and, and logic gateways. And, you know, even with these neural networks and stuff, we're seeing interesting effects, but we're not seeing the creation of anything like consciousness, which you know, requires understanding of mysteries that are beyond, you know, technical understanding. So uh, speaking of mysteries beyond understanding, um, we have played this clip from you probably a thousand times since we've met. (laughs) Here it is. You know, in whose conception, under what paradigm, you know, I'm just resisting. What am I resisting? I don't know. The collectivization of manufacture, the institutionalization of the human psyche. I'm not sure. So we have a, we, we have a minute left. uh, So Cody, did you ever f- figure out what you're resisting, <laughs> first of all? And then... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Okay, good. Often we, uh, we do things right before we, before we have the words for them. We know what we're doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we say what they are. Yes. Cody, I, I am, uh, I'm thrilled to talk to you and, and thrilled to see who you're turning into. You're, you're, you're wicked smart. You always have been. But you seem to have been uh, tempered uh, and um, and have a very thoughtful outlook, which is needed at this time. And yet you are still swinging uh, for the fences. And I think it's great. Cody, thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Beck. You bet. Cody Wilson, founder of uh, Defense. Uh, it's a different kid than five years ago. Big time. Yeah. I like him. He's grown. I like him. I, I didn't know I did if too. I liked him the last time. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I like him this time. Back in a minute. Remember that song, Our House in the Middle of the Street? It was like in the 80s. And I remember I was a kid when that came out. And I used to think that someone had a house like built in the middle of the street. And what a terrible idea that was because a car could crash into it. There's all sorts of terrible things that could happen. Uh, you know, if you have a bad real estate agent, who knows? You might get that house. That's how, that's how important it is. You don't want the real estate agent that's going to be like, oh, that's a perfect house. There's nothing going on there. And then you find out they've built it in the middle of the street. Realestateagentsitrust.com can take care of more important and complicated issues than just that of my six-year-old mind. Uh, Real Estate Agents I Trust is a network of over 1,200 agents from all over America. They know how to advertise. They know how to get results. They know the local community, and they know how to make sure that you're updated. If you need to sell a house fast and for the most money, or if you're looking to buy, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. You'll be introduced to the best agent in your town. Let these agents earn your business. There's great people. Get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So let's let's talk about the all-important Papa John's uh, controversy. Uh, because, I mean, is pizza racist? We, we have to know. Um, with the Papa John's thing, I am... Uh, I'm... I'm trying to give... Papa, a, uh, a, a, a reason for saying these things, and I cannot come up with a reason. Um, here's what happened. He's, he's meeting with his, uh, his PR firm, and they're, they're going through a, you know, a mock situation, 
and trying to teach him how how to avoid future controversies. Because you remember, Papa John's was in the news because they jettisoned um, the uh, NFL because they said, you know, they made it all about politics and not about football. They've really taken a hit. Some people say that their pizza is really, really crappy. You know, me living with an Italian, I wouldn't know because she would kill me if I ever had a piece of Papa John's. I love Papa John's. Do you? Yeah, it's really good. Okay, so here's what he said. He's in a he's in this meeting and they're role playing with him. And he says, well, Colonel Sanders called blacks the N word. And he never faced any criticism for it. Only he actually used the word. Yeah. Okay. First, first of all, even if you don't use the word, probably not a good, probably not a good, you know, uh, example. He, mm. the, Colonel Sanders been dead for thirty years. When he was saying that, you know, Martin Luther King was still saying, "Hey, what do you think? Can I, can I, can I belly up here at the lunch counter?" No, not a good example. Um. Then he went on and he said, you know, when I was growing up in Indiana, people dragged African-Americans from trucks until they died. Yeah. I, I, what, I First of all, I don't what? know if that is true. And if it is, you're living in a different Indiana than I know of. Uh, and mm. in what context, in what context would that be appropriate? If you're. If you're discussing the history of racism and why we are where we are, and you're trying to make the point of here's how bad it was, and and so that's why it's so important that we fix that and don't use these words. <laughs> Maybe okay. okay. Now remember, you're in a PR battle. Okay, mm-hmm. so y- you've you've been with us when we've done PR prep, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what you do is you have PR people, and they just fire relentless questions at you, trying to get you to crack or to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So, in what realm of reality? Would that be used in context in that setting that would be helpful? I, <laughs> I don't know, but it, it, it's to me, it's kind of a strange phenomenon that he's just explaining something and uses the word. He's not calling anybody that. He's not saying it's appropriate to use that. He just said the word. Is, is that enough for... Would you use that word? For them to use 90, lose $96 million in value in one day because you said that word? Is it really that... Well, I, that goes to a different... I wouldn't say hang the on word, just a no. second. Yeah, hang on just a second. That goes to a different... And I want to talk about that part, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, however, you wouldn't use that word. No. I wouldn't use that word. No. Why wouldn't you? It's just unacceptable today. Just unacceptable for white people to use the word. Right. I think it's unacceptable, honestly, for black people to use it. Well, they they, don't. But they don't. And that's fine. I can still say, I think you're wrong. It's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a horrible word. I wouldn't use that word. I have an uncomfortable time using that word in a historic, for instance, reading uh, Tom Sawyer. Or Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Have a really hard time using that, but that isn't in a historic context. If you're just saying that and you're behind closed doors, doesn't that kind of tell you a little bit about who that person is? At least, not even saying that they're racist, just that they're completely disconnected from reality. Mm. 
Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Let me add this to it, because this answers your second question. We're not talking about you. We're talking about, well, I mean, in some ways, it would happen to you. We're talking about a guy who's running a major company. Yeah. That is having real issues. And if you are in that meeting and he's just spouting off like this, you're like, oh, dear God, this guy just doesn't get it. You have a responsibility to shareholders. This guy is out of touch with what we need to do as a company, whether you agree with him or not. And I don't because I can't figure out the context. Now, maybe he could explain that. But don't you have I mean, he shouldn't be using that language just because he's the CEO of a giant corporation. Yeah, and it. And I think he'll. They've already distanced themselves from him leading up to this, and this will, I think, just no. He's done. He's done. No, he's and, done now. I think and he's, he's already probably resigned. done with commercials with Peyton Manning and all of that stuff is probably going to go away now. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it to me, it just shows his judgment. Yeah. If the guy's judgment is this bad, he shouldn't be running a company. Where else is his? I mean, under him, they have lost a lot of money. Uh, I, I, you know, well, their shares are down 13% so far this year, while Domino's is up 48.5%. That and, tells you and what's Domino's, going on. Domino's, I got to tell you something. If I went on a desert island with, with my Italian wife mm-hmm. and the only food was Papa John's or Domino's, mm-hmm. she couldn't make anything herself, mm-hmm. uh, it, it would never be Domino's. Never be Domino's. I don't even know. Yeah, I've never even had Papa John's that I know of. I don't think Tanya would ever do Papa John's. But I know for a fact. Wouldn't be Domino's. Wouldn't be Domino's. Although, you know, I've tasted it since they did the big change. Really? Yeah. You you know, they did one of the most successful, hey, we used to suck and we're better now campaigns I've ever seen. And I think it's really true. They are better than they used to be. I'm, I'm still not a huge... Domino's fan? Domino's fan, uh, or a client very often. I, I, of the two, I, oh, we always go Papa John's before Domino's. But it's, it's better than it was. I, so if I it's think. better pizza, if, Domino, or if, if uh, Papa John's is better pizza, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. They, what are they doing wrong? And that would go to the CEO. It would. It would and all the negative publicity that's come to them. Yeah, the I mean, this so. is just it's not this good. Is just not good. Just not good. Uh, there was uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about, and that was um, uh, The Rock. He was on last night on Colbert. Listen to this. People have talked to you about whether you would run for political office yourself because <laughs> people love a winner. You seem like a winner. You exude great confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do, you, do you actually take that possibility seriously? I absolutely do. Yes. Yes, I do. I think, yes. 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 What's your model in that regard? Well, the, by the way, just to put it in context, is uh, something happened with the Washington Post. They had posted a story. They had written a story and said the gist of it was if I were to run, I could have a legitimate shot at winning. It kind of picked up the steam. And when it picked up steam, uh, a lot of people, the American, the American public, uh, kind of thought, yeah, actually, that's a great idea. So when that started picking up, of course, when I'm asked, 
yes, I have incredible respect for our American people and our country. So I said, yes, I would consider it. And of course I would. But at the same time, Stephen, look, I, I, you know, I'm not delusional at all. Like, I feel like I, you know what it is? I need that thing. Um, oh, experience. Yes. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's, so if that were to happen yes. in a 2024, 2028, I would have to go to work and get some experience. Yeah, sure. What does that mean? Every show, every show, every movie I have seen him in, I just look at my family right before I go, he's running. He's running. Look at the mm-hmm. roles he's playing. He's saving, you know, people from everything. He's becoming this, 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 this action hero that is really funny and yet strangely relatable looking the way he does. He's still strangely kind of relatable. You like him. He's the perfect candidate. He's the perfect candidate. Well, you know, if we're looking for candidates that are just celebrities without any experience. It also that leads me to believe, and I've heard it before, that he's he's Republican. Because he didn't mention twenty twenty, which means he's not considering running against Trump. Well, he said twenty twenty eight too. He said yeah. I have to have experience. I have to get a job and have experience. So but it's interesting. Twenty twenty was not even I, to me, that leads me to believe maybe he's a little more conservative than Hollywood lo- would like. And, and a lot of those people that are cheering in Colbert's audience wouldn't be cheering if they hear his policies. Well, let's keep that to ourselves if yes, he is. That's true. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Keep because they will just destroy voice. him. The minute oh, he starts yeah. talking policies. It's over for him in yeah. Hollywood. I think that's why Colbert. Did you notice the, answer, the question he didn't answer? Who's your role model? Yeah. So would it be Schwarzenegger? Would it be Ronald Reagan? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. But that's what that's what he asked. Who's your role model? Well, there's only been two that have made that jump, Stephen. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't it be interesting if Trump wins re-election and then Dwayne Johnson wins in 2024 that just creates a trend you'll never get celebrities only that you probably never never break never break it you got tom hanks in 2028 or tom hanks 2024 yeah rock or tom hanks right i mean it's crazy it's crazy and you know who predicted this stephen king really yeah look in his Uh. book the running man in the book the running man they they are dispensing justice on television. It's a game. Right. And everything's been gamified. And the president was one of the game show hosts. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a former game wow. show host. And it's now it's just all about celebrity. By the way, speaking of this, did you see that? Is it Kim Kardashian? I think it was Kim Kardashian is on the road to being the youngest ever. That's Kylie. Kylie, Kylie. Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner, um, the youngest ever billionaire. Yeah. She has made yeah. $900 million, and she's 20. That's amazing. Where does most of that come from? I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline. Uh, is it from, does she have like a clothing line? Where is that coming from? Yeah, she makes cosmetics, makeup, right? Yeah, she oh, makes okay. cosmetics. Wow. Well, she doesn't make them. I'm sure she, she probably doesn't right. even wear them. But she she's, sells it. She's 20. 20. $900 million.
Remember when a billion dollars used to mean something? Let me tell you about Goldline. Uh, Goldline has introduced a brand new product uh, created by the Royal Canadian Mint. Uh, it is the Four Nines. Uh, 99.9999 pure uh, silver. And it's called the Maple Flex Bar. And it's comprised of 19 individual bars that make up two ounces of silver. Now, what this is, is it makes this easy for you in case things ever really go to hell in a handbasket. It makes it easy for you to break off smaller bullion coins and keep the bar uh, whole when you don't need it as an investment bar. So it's perfect for barter situations in a crisis. Now, it has 10 one twentieth of an ounce bars. It has five one tenth ounce bars, four quarter ounce bars. Each bar is legal tender. It's guaranteed for its weight and purity by the Canadian Mint. And the Royal Canadian Mint is, is stamped on it. I mean, look, they basically, when you break them apart, it looks like they're coins. But they're pure silver. So if things ever go crazy, you have 19 legal tender coins of silver. Maple Flex. It can be um, included in your precious metals IRA due to the fineness. It also comes with all of the features and benefits offered by Goldline. Free shipping, same price on credit card, check, or bank wire. Also, qualifying orders can take advantage of the Goldline uh, Price Shield Protection Program that nobody else offers. So call them today. Uh, Want to own gold or silver? If things really get nasty, the Maple Flex is a great solution. Call 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Make sure gold or silver is right for you. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. After the uh, broadcast today, we're getting a lot of uh, questions in on uh, cryptocurrencies, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about that today, right after the show on Facebook Live. Uh, Join me right after this radio show, so about an hour and five minutes if you are uh, if you are on uh, real time with us, you can uh, join us there. I'm going to answer some of the questions from the audience and give you some uh, information that I think you're going to want to have. If you're interested in cryptocurrencies, that is happening today, right after hour three on Facebook Live. Also today on uh, my television show at five, we're just taking open questions and open lines uh, on the show. So it's just me and you on the telephone. And uh, you can call in advance. Is this the, is the radio number is the number that you would call? Yeah, so it would be 888-727-BEZK. Uh, that is going to happen at 5 p.m. Eastern live. And I'm not sure if it's also on Facebook, but I know it's uh, uh, on the Blaze TV. Uh, but if I, I think you might want to check uh, Facebook live. We might also take some Facebook questions today. And do it there, but I'd love to talk to you at 888-727-BECK. You should probably call about 15 minutes early just to be able to get in uh, because uh, we're going to start taking phone calls right at the top of the uh, program, 5 p.m. Eastern uh, on the Glenbeck program on the Blaze TV. By the way, we're talking about uh, Papa John's founder, John Schnatter. Who, while trying to prevent some sort of PR snafu, uh, <laughs> created a massive PR snafu. Right. He did resign as chairman. So That's what I thought. It's been done already. Bye-bye. I mean, what were you thinking? I probably wasn't. Yeah. And does you know. nobody in the room have a confidentiality agreement? I mean, think of that. Yeah. Here's, they're they're mm-hmm. brainstorming on how to not be... 
you know, you, you know, you're in a, a session trying to see how to handle the press and you screw up and somebody leaves the room and calls the press and says, boy, this is really bad. <laughs> That's where we are right now. I'm, well, this is where we are. Glenn Beck. Okay. I just want you to just just take a guess. Just a guess. Wild guess. I'm not going to hold you to it. But take a guess on what NARAL, the pro-choice America uh, group, would think about the potential Supreme Court justice of Brett Kavanaugh. Show of hands. How many think their view is going to be positive? Right? Nobody. Thanks to Twitter, we can know this instantly. Uh, let me give you this one. We'll be damned if we're going to let five men, including some frat boy named Brett, strip us of our hardworking bodily autonomy and reproductive rights. Just so you know, damned and men are both in all caps. Uh, for one, Roe versus uh, Wade was also decided by damned men. I just want to throw that out. Frat boy. Frat boy named Brett? I he doesn't strike me as a frat boy. I, but maybe it's maybe this is just trolling 101. Don't feed the trolls. Just mentioning this story runs the risk of giving them an exposure, but the hypocrisy is just it's fun. It's just fun. Great argument against Kavanaugh, it really is. And I'm not sure if they're going to use that, uh, you know, during the up, upcoming confirmation. Uh, here's another one, too, that they might want to consider using. This one comes from late-night comedian Stephen Colbert. Um, as you would expect, he had this to say. Now, uh, I don't know much about Kavanaugh, but I'm skeptical uh, because his name is Brett. <laughs> that sounds less like a Supreme Court justice and more like a waiter at Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Hey, everybody, I'm Brett. I'll be your Supreme Court Justice tonight. Before you sit down, let me just clear away these rights for you. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. So let's end with a, another piece of comedy gold here. Uh, reference to a name that is, you know, actually ridiculous. Colbert, that's... A French name, is it not? It's a French name just to get the cultural elites on my side, mm -hmm. Bill. I'm okay. as Irish as you. I'm a Tormy, I'm an O'Neill, I'm a Tuck, I'm a Fee, I'm a Connolly. Because I talk I could to, sit toe-to-toe -to -toe at a potato table with anybody. I talked to your third-grade teacher, Miss Crabtree. Mm -hmm. She said back then you were little Steve Colbert in I South was Carolina. Steve, I was Steve Colbert. But you, once you got here to Manhattan from mm -hmm. South Carolina, changed from little Steve Colbert to Stephen Colbert. I just, just wanted to point that out, Steve. It, other people can make fun of names, too. It's Thursday, July 12th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. We should start calling him Mr. Colbert. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the uh, program. Uh, I don't know what happened to Piers Morgan... But Piers Morgan came to America and tried to lecture us on how bad we are, then went back to Great Britain and is now lecturing them on all of the good things, including, you ready for this one? Donald Trump. Listen to this from Piers Morgan 
in England. Obama deporting three million people unconscionable. You yes. spit up many families. Yes, I did. Was, and that's why and that's why I Where also, was your protest and march against that and, when he came to the country? And that's country? why I also protest. If you protest, feel so strongly about that, where was your protest march against Obama? If you found that well, unconscionable too, where was the march? You do not have to go out and march against standards. everything in order to make a point about one thing. No, if you find them both unconscionable no, and it's the same issue, wrong. you have to march twice, don't you? I would actually encourage you to maybe check out some of the other work that I've done where I've been intense. Tell you what I do, Ash. I go and check out some basic facts about your hero Obama. He's not my hero. I'm a communist, you idiot. <laughs> you didn't plan any protests against him. So is uh, so is Obama, by the way, you idiot. They were both communists, I guess. She, the the guest, and uh, and the president, <laughs> at least a Marxist. Uh, well, amazing. Well, that's you have more evidence mm-hmm. than anything that MSNBC is saying about <laughs> Donald Trump now. It's for sure of uh, being a uh, sleeper cell for. Well, just his parents, his mentor, his college professors, just everybody around his him. Friends, Jeremiah and Wright, Jeremiah his Wright. friends. He appointed communists in right. his administration. <laughs> right. So it was no big deal. He believes in redistribution <laughs> of wealth. No big right. deal. Right? It's that not mean it's, anything. Yeah, there is no evidence of any of that. But, I think it's fascinating, though. Every single person I can think of who's been on The Apprentice defends Donald Trump to Pendulette. the death. So Pen, Penn's not a, a believer. No, no. Oh, okay. All no. right. Well, so there's one. Yeah. There's one. But Pierce Morgan was on The Apprentice, and he is a staunch defender of Trump. It's amazing. He wants to have this guest, whose name is Sklar, I think, um, Go do some basic homework on her hero, Obama. Didn't didn't we believe Obama was Piers Morgan hero during the whole Obama yeah. administration? Yeah. And what, and what he's saying wow. is incredible. What he's saying is you have to be consistent. Yeah. That, if you yes. cared about this and you think this is an abomination, where were, where were you, you then? Right. And he's right. Exactly right. Especially in Great Britain. You're, you're protesting in Great Britain what's happening on our border when you don't know a thing about it? Well, she's a communist. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's, you know, she yeah. is an admitted communist. And what do communists... Communists need anything they can have to stop the United States of America. You've got yeah. to stop the engine of America. And that didn't apply to Obama because he was like-minded. Hmm? They didn't have to stop him. He was what? Like-minded. But was he a moon baby? No, he was not. Yeah, we no. found out earlier on this program, and I think mm-hmm. it is, I think it is important for you to uh, uh, to let MSNBC know. And Chris uh, Hayes, Chris Hayes, uh, he had uh, he had a guest on from the New Yorker magazine, who who made it very clear that this isn't this isn't probably true, <laughs> but we should check into the fact that Donald Trump might be a sleeper agent for the former Soviet Union. Okay. It sounds insane. I just want to say it really does. Chris Hayes. The idea that he went, he goes to Moscow in 87 is cultivated as a Russian intelligence asset and is this sort of like sleeper cell for decades sounds nuts. It sounds like the stuff of conspiracy theories. Why are you not insane? So that's a great question, Chris. I get that all the time. Uh, so So first of all, the piece acknowledges that that is probably not true, but it might be. Hmm. And one of the reasons I wrote this is you need to take seriously some of these low probability, high impact scenarios. You know, before the election, sort of everyone heard that Hillary Clinton had about an 80 percent chance okay. of winning. And so, we all just treat. So they they he's saying that it, it's it's probably not true, but it might be. 
So we expose today that, uh, and I think you need to let Chris Hayes knows, know this, just you know, tweet MSNBC, Chris Hayes, um, and let him know that you know, we believe low probability but high impact that Donald Trump is a moon baby and that he was he was brought back on Apollo 11. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you prove that it didn't happen? No. Yeah. You never saw anything in the news about Donald Trump. Not before 1969. No No way. And then all of a sudden, 10, 15 years later, he's Donald Trump and everybody knows his name. They brought him back from the moon. They brought him back from the moon. He's a moon baby. Mm -hmm. Why do you think he's asking for the the space patrol? And the Space Force, because he needs to get back to the moon. <laughs> now, again, that's probably not true. But it might be. And if it is, it's really high impact. Yeah. Really high Very impact. Very high impact. Very high impact. They have no <laughs> credibility at all. Have you seen that uh, Stormy Daniels is, uh, she was arrested, what was it, last night? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently Which? there was some touching going on. Uh, well, strip tease in in was Columbus, it touching Ohio. or was it uh, slapping? I think she was slapping people around. With, yeah, with, with her, her snoobage. Yeah, she was. She it was it was it was it was boob slapping, <laughs> and she was. You weren't slapping her. She was uh, slapping your face with hers, and um, it's classy. I mean, you know, West West Hollywood. I mean, you did the right thing by giving her the key to the city. You know. I don't think that you have every right to say, you know, Donald Trump is just such a just such a disgrace to, to for men and mm-hmm. and how he treats women and and then give the key to the city of the woman who is slapping men with her with her breasts. No, I think that's why. Do you find that inconsistent? A little bit. What? A little bit. Huh? That's... A little bit. But she may also be. A plant, a sleeper cell. I mean, is it likely? No. Right. But think of the high impact involved. And there's a, there's a lot of impact lot there. And she was impact. showing it last night. Now, she's, she could have killed somebody with those things. I think she was actually born in the caves of the Grand Tetons. <laughs> and she is from the Jackson Hole area. And, uh, and she's now here. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's going to slap people silly. Um Un- until they uh, until they appoint her the queen of the Grand Tetons. It's, it, again, probably not true. Probably not true. Worth exploring, though, because of its high impact possibility. Well, there's something else on MSNBC that is worth exploring, and uh, that's from Katie Tour. And Katie Tour had an, a, an interesting uh, look at the Constitution, and I want you to hear it. Do you think it's appropriate to continue to take such a, a strict originalist um, view of the Constitution, given it's it's 2018 and not 1776? Well, I, I don't know that Americans <laughs> have become more progressive on everything. Certainly, the t- times have changed since okay, 1776. Stop, but stop, how stop, do you interpret? Stop, wow! Stop, stop, and given stop. the fact that the Constitution hadn't even been written yet yeah, in 1776, I mean, that was kind of important. That's weird, isn't Wouldn't it? Wouldn't be written for another 13 years. Yeah. So, so hmm. help me out, uh, Pat. Um, yeah. The freedom of speech is it any different than it was back then? Freedom of speech today? Yeah. Different than it was then? Yeah. Uh, a little bit different. How? Um, it was probably uh, more radical then than it is now. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah. But is I, it, I, but there, is it, but has it, is there anything that's changed since 
1789 that it, uh besides the technology the forms of communication have yeah. changed the what the form of communication we, we have yeah. different ways it's to be made to... it easier for yes. people to speak right which makes it easier for people in power to say shut up don't speak which mm-hmm. would actually take the first amendment and make it more important than it was maybe in even 1789 no doubt about it uh you know i think we could do this all the way and by the way if you want to change the constitution change it change it yeah there's mechanisms to do that yeah set up within the constitution itself no shut up pretty amazing how can that happen amazing what well you could do a convention for one thing you could do a constitutional convention you could do a convention we're actually for that yes we are yeah yeah there's another thing too where you you just vote on an amendment Yes, you, you can, can do that, do that. Uh-huh. and that changes. In fact, we've done that a lot. So, well, we started with ten amendments. There's now twenty-seven. Yeah. So, um, yes. Mm-hmm. So we've done it twenty-six times. It's- you can do that. This this just shows that they are only interested in legislating from the bench. That's all they want to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And, and, and here's here's proof positive. Uh, we're going to take a break. I want to show you. We went back into the archives and we looked for the questions and what they said about Robert Bork. He was right. The most extreme oh, yeah. ever. Correct. He, yes. He was going to cause all kinds of disasters okay. in this country. Wait until you hear this. Then I think everyone will agree that Ginsburg is the most let's just call her what she would claim progressive on the bench, meaning that she wants Mm -hmm. to move things forward. We know that she doesn't use the American constitution. She looks to South Africa and Canada to to inform her decisions. That's, Mm -hmm. that's not constitutional, but she rules from the bench and everyone knows she doesn't side with conservatives. Let me show you the difference on how they both were approached by the press in the time machine here in just a second. Amazing. And please, please do not spread it around because it's probably not true, but it might be. Uh, And if Donald Trump turns out to be a moon baby, imagine the impact. Imagine the impact. Whew. Let me tell you about Simply Safe. Simply Safe obsesses over the details. The example that I've been giving you this week is the typical glass break sensor. I didn't know this, but it only makes sense. How do you how do you know that? Uh, how does the sensor know that you just haven't dropped a plate or a glass? Because it it sounds the same, doesn't it? Well, that's the problem with most of the sensors. It sounds even even a baby cry can trip most of these things off. Simply Safe didn't like that, didn't want that. So they they built a glass break test facility and they ran over 10,000 live glass break sim- simulations. That refined it so when when it heard a glass break, it knew, oh, that's a glass in the sink or a glass on the floor or a plate. And that's a window pane being broken. That's the kind of level of security and detail that they go to. SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now. You will own the system. And the 24-7 monitoring is 15 bucks a month. 
Save 10% on your home security system now if you go to simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. All right, welcome to the program. All right, I want to I want to start with uh, Bork. Now, Robert Bork is a guy I remember, uh, you know, this is 1988, and so I'm 24 years old and I remember I'm I'm driving across country because I'm going to my job in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm driving from Ohio to Phoenix. And the Bork hearings are on, and I listen to it all week as I'm driving. And I I just remember thinking this is incredible. Listen to how Ted Kennedy talked about Bork before the hearing even started. See if it sounds familiar. Robert Bork's America is a land in which women would be forced into back alley abortions. Blacks would sit at segregated lunch counters. Rogue police could break down citizens' doors in midnight raids. And school children could not be taught about evolution. Writers and artists would be censured at the whim of government. And the doors of the federal courts would be shut on the fingers of millions of citizens for whom the judiciary is and is often the only protector of the individual rights that are the heart of our democracy. America is a better and freer nation than Robert Bork thinks. Yet in the current delicate balance of the Supreme Court, his rigid ideology will tip the scales of justice against the kind of country America is and ought to be. The damage that President Reagan will do through this nomination, if it is not rejected by the Senate, could live on far beyond the end of his presidential term. President Reagan is still our president, but he should not be able to reach out from the muck of Iran Gate, reach into the muck of Watergate, and impose his reactionary vision of the Constitution on the Supreme Court and on the next generation of Americans. All right. No justice would be better than this injustice. Okay. All right. So wow. it's an injustice. Have we heard all of that? Again, they use the same speech every time. Now, they have upped the ante a little bit. Now, you know, millions of people are going to die. It's not just that he's going to reach beyond the uh, term. Uh, millions are going to die. And I'll give you the evidence of that here in just a second. Um, when Bork is being questioned, he's being he's being questioned by a great senator now uh, from the South. And, and listen to him. Not enough time. You have to listen to how he's questioned. And then we'll compare and contrast probably the most radical uh, judicial appointment maybe of all time. Ginsburg. I didn't remember the Ginsburg trial. Do you remember that? Her hearings? Uh, No. Yeah. Not really. Now, how is that possible? First of all, the Republicans didn't make a big deal out of her. Yes. There was no... Wait until you hear. Wait until you hear how Ginsburg was handled. Uh, There's an issue. There's a real issue here between the two. It it Uh, doesn't get any more left-wing radical than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, she's the hero. Doesn't even believe in using the U.S. Constitution as a basis for her judgments. Correct. That's uh, that's grounds for impeachment right there of a Supreme well, Court not justice. Well, not if you're progressive because you want the court, just the reason why the FDR mm-hmm. wanted the court. He wanted the court packed with a bunch of people who had his opinion that would allow the, the government to do whatever it is it had to do to right the wrongs of the past which is not what the government is supposed to do. The government 
The government was established to protect the rights of all. That's what it's about. And that's what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights actually protects. And those guardians, those nine men and women are supposed to stand as sentinels at those gates and not let anything harm those rights for anybody. I'll show you what they did with Ginsburg. We'll get a little bit more of Bork, and then I'll show you what they're doing now with Kavanaugh when we come back. So I invest in cryptocurrencies a little bit. You know, I think it's a really interesting market. Why not put a little bit of money in it? And maybe it's going to turn up by a thousand percent, two thousand percent. We've seen those gains in the past. But I mean, there's so many complicated parts of this. There's a bunch of cryptocurrencies I wouldn't even know how to invest in if I tried. That's why I'm going to make sure I'm there uh, watching on July 19th. Glenn Beck hosting a free online investment training broadcast special. It's going to be very valuable, I think, because it's going to tell you about the new case for cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, the three cryptocurrencies that Tika Tawari, our cryptocurrency expert, uh, thinks you should buy right now. And you can have the chance to take part in the Palm Beach Letters exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com right now. Register for this free special event. I mean, you got nothing to lose. Check it out. Learn something. Learn about free investment advice. Learn about the case for these cryptocurrencies. It's BeckCryptoShow.com. 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 This is the Glenn Beck Program. In about a half hour from now, right after the uh, radio show, I'm going to be doing a uh, live uh, uh, Facebook post. You don't want to miss it, especially if you're interested in cryptocurrency, you're interested in uh, what's to come. Uh, just a real quick uh, touch base with you on Facebook. Facebook Live, about a half an hour from uh, now. Uh, also, tonight at 5 o'clock on the uh, TV show, which I'm not sure. I think it's going to be on Facebook tonight. But if you are a subscriber to The Blaze, you can get it at theblaze.com slash TV. Uh, I'm doing a half hour of just phone calls. So get your voice in and heard. I'd love to hear your opinion and all of your questions. 888-727-BEZK. That happens at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and I would recommend that you call probably 15 minutes early. Uh, as we will begin to screen calls a little bit early, 888-727-BECK. We'll be taking your uh, calls and your uh, your comments on Facebook today. A rare opportunity to get in uh, at 888-727-BECK, the Blaze TV. All right. So we just played Robert Bork. And Robert Bork was made into a monster, a monster, who was going to resegregate? We were going to have lunch counters, and uh, you know, women would be dying, and it's horrible, horrible. Robert Bork's America. Now let me show you how Ginsburg was treated. Listen to this, Clara. Well, Clara, you deserve an award so far today. Sure does. And you know, people think I'm very serious, sober as a judge. And so when I had all you people taking photographs of me in the White House, people were trying to get me to smile. They said, think of Clara. And you can see. (laughs) Clara. Look at Clara smiling. (laughs) Okay. And then my grandson, Paul Sparra. And I must tell you that in preparation for these hearings, I have read briefing books, opinion books, law reviews, but there is no book in the world that means as much to me as this one. This is Paul's book. It says, Oh my gosh. My grandma is a very, very special by Paul Sparrow. Oh. And I thank you, Paul, 
adorable. She's opening it up. Oh, isn't that cute? Look at oh, that. She's showing Look at there's some pictures inside. It's precious. Oh, that's oh, so cute. Good. The pictures are beautiful, and yeah. you don't need a publisher. This this is a. Oh. And, and it, <laughs> it ends with a map of the USA. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Senator oh, wow. Kennedy just said uh, he hopes uh, uh, your teacher is listening to this. <laughs> that is great. And Joe's just enjoying that yeah. hearing. Joe Biden just—he yeah. uh, was having a good time. So now you—you you have to ask yourself: How have you ever heard anybody's confirmation hearing? I mean, especially if they are content. I mean, mm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the most liberal, unconstitutional ju- uh, uh, justice we have ever had. And, and and keep this in mind: at the time. Everybody knew how liberal she was. Everybody knew how progressive she was. She was the director of the ACLU's Women's Rights Project. Okay, so how did how did this very extreme woman get this treatment? Where were the Republicans? Uh, well, one of them was recommending to Bill Clinton that he not consider Bruce Babbitt uh, for U.S. Supreme Court justice. Really? Yeah, Bruce Babbitt, too, too extreme. Too extreme. He thought, hey, what about uh, Stephen Breyer? Or, or Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's oh. a great jurist and uh, while liberal, very honest and uh, and very clear thinking. Now, who was this this uh, this uh, Republican? It was a senator named Orrin Hatch. Oh no, Orrin Hatch. Orrin Hatch. Thank you. Little known, little known senator, head of the Judiciary Committee back then, right? And Republican. And He's the guy who suggested Ruth Bader that Ginsburg. it will not be a problem to get her through. Amazing. And it wasn't. It wasn't. They confirmed her 96 to 3. 96 to 3. <laughs> Think of that. Uh, if if uh, Brett Kavanaugh is, is uh, confirmed, you know it's going to be, oh, I don't know, 53, 47-ish. Maybe fifty two forty eight, maybe fifty fifty, and 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 Pence. Uh, Pence has to decide. I don't know. I, can he even get receive confirmation? I don't know. At this point, who knows? But he's an extremist. Which oh, millions of women could die. We were told. No, no, no. Millions no, of women. No, no. Can I? I mean, don't just say that. Don't just say that and throw that out there. I, let me please, uh, let me show you what has come from uh, from Yale. Okay. Okay. Now he's mm-hmm. a Yale former Yale guy. Okay. Yeah. So I think the school was okay with him, right? Uh, we write today as Yale law students, alumni, mm-hmm. and educators ashamed of our alma mater within an hour of donald trump's announcement that he would nominate brett kavanaugh uh yls 90 to the supreme court the law school published a press release boasting of the alumnus accomplishment is there anything more important to yale law school than its proximity to power and prestige judge kavanaugh's nomination presents an emergency for democratic life for our safety for our free freedom and for the future of our country. Good gosh. His nomination is not an interesting intellectual exercise to be debated among classmates or scholars in seminar. Support for Judge Kavanaugh is not a political. 
Since his campaign launch, Trump has repeatedly promised to appoint justices that would overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, without uh, overturning that decision would endanger the lives of countless people who need or may need abortions, including many who signed this letter. The judge employed similar spurious reasoning in 2015 dissents against uh, arguing that the ACA's contraceptive mandate violated the rights of religious organizations, even though those organizations were granted an accommodation that allowed them to opt out of providing contraceptive coverage. Judge Kavanaugh would also rubber stamp for President, uh, for President Trump's fraud and abuse. As part of his assault on the administrative state, based not in law, as he claims, but on policy preference, Judge Kavanaugh has undermined attempts to protect the environment and regulate predatory lenders and for-profit colleges. Judge Kavanaugh has consistently protected the interests of powerful institutions and disregarded the rights of the vulnerable. Now is the time for moral courage, for which Yale Law School comes at so little cost. Perhaps you as an institution and as individuals will benefit less from Judge Kavanaugh's ascendant power if you withhold your support. Perhaps Judge Kavanaugh will be less likely to hire your favorite students. But people will die if he is confirmed. We hope you agree your sacrifice would be worth it. Please use your authority and platform to expose the stakes of this moment and the threat that Judge Kavanaugh poses. Well, I I don't think the Yale students would far enough. Terry McAuliffe, uh, the governor, former governor of uh, Virginia, said uh, Kavanaugh will threaten the lives of millions of Americans for decades. Well... So, of course, people are going to die. Millions of people are going to die. That's because he has one of the, the gemstones. He has one of the power stones. Yeah, we're not sure which one, though, right? That hasn't yeah, been confirmed Yeah, I think he yet. has the time stone. I thought it was the soul stone, but... No, I think it's the time stone. Because okay. uh, he's going to turn back time. You know, people will be sitting at lunch counters that are Oh, yeah, that's right. In fact, know. I think we go further back. I think we go back to slavery. I think he brings back slavery. Well, if he has the time stone. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if he has the martinizing stone. Which Is that the one where your clothes get done in one hour? It's yes, one it, hour it is, but stone? you can use it any way you want. You can use it really? any way you want. Yes. So wow. you could, it's been used <laughs> b- benevolently. Uh, Thank know, goodness. Up for, until now. Up until now. It's an hour and your, dry, your clothes are dry clean. Okay. But uh, it's it, you know in the hands of the wrong a steward like Kavanaugh could martinizing take even longer than an hour. Oh, it could take 90 minutes. Could, oh my gosh. Yeah. It could take up to three oh hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. And but what do you same think? day still though, right? You still well, I don't know. Day. I don't know, but you're going to also, it's the abortion stone because you'll have all those hangers that should have clothes on them. Right. Oh my God. But they won't. But they, won't. they won't. Cause that's not what you're using them for. Exactly right. Oh boy. So all of your clothes Millions are going to die. All of your clothes will not be ready in an hour. Okay. Mm, okay. Uh, they won't come on a hanger because they're going to be using the hangers for other things. Okay. What if we have a three-day waiting period on purchasing hangers? Would that save lives? Well, it, I don't know if it would save millions, but if we could just save one, it's worth it. It's worth it. Ask yourself. Why don't we ban all hangers? hangers. Mm-hmm. Because if we can just ban all hangers, you know, nobody's going to use anything else. And furthermore, I say we block off all back alleys. You can't have back alleys and you, you can't drive down them. You can't go to a back alley 
Maybe we eliminate back alleys completely, and and then the three day waiting period. How on about the we do this? We move because eliminating all back alleys is ridiculous. I mean, how are you going to do that? You're going to block all these back alleys? Of course not. How about if you move the entrance to every building mm-hmm. into the back alley, so the back alley becomes the front of the building? Then what do you do at the front of the building? Front of the building is uh, just that. Well, that's just a street. That's not an alley. Okay. Okay. So you're not going to have an abortion just out on the street. That's where people die because they have cancer. So everybody must go around to the back alley and enter that way. Yes. And then that way nobody can use it as a back alley entrance. Right. That way. Well, that way you're not having back alley abortions because the the pedestrian traffic. Too many people seeing it. Too many people seeing it. So you move the entrance to the back alley, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you recognize that the front of the building is now in the back alley, but the old front of the building is out on an open street where if you don't have health insurance, that's where you go to die. Which is exactly what Republicans want you to do. They want you to die in the street. Of course. So We all know that. So uh, I think we've just solved another. I think we did. I think we've just solved... For Kavanaugh, and you're just, welcome. You, you could vote for Kavanaugh and just uh, move your entrance to the alley. <laughs> and I think we're all set. <laughs> set. That, you know, that makes almost as much sense as the kind of stuff that they talk about. It does. It makes more sense than the stuff they talk about. And it actually kind of works in there a little because <laughs> it, it makes the front of the building also a killing place. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about uh, Mercury Real Estate. For most Americans, your home is the biggest investment you're ever going to make. And this is why we have realestateagentsitrust.com, because you have to work with an agent that you trust, because working with the wrong agent makes a huge difference in the outcome of buying or selling. We have over a 1,000 agents all over America who are just like you. Their word is their bond. They're fans of the show. They share your sensibilities. Our agents are vetted. They're handpicked for our team uh, by, by looking at their knowledge, the skill, the track record that they have. Thousands of families have already put real estate agents at trust, uh, realestateagentsitrust.com to the test. And the, remar- uh, the results are really incredible. And you can find out yourself just by going to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Helping you and helping families all across America get the biggest bang for their buck, whether you are buying or selling your home, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the program. Today is the day for uh, answering questions. Anything that's on your mind is at 5 o'clock today, and that will be on the Blaze TV at 5 o'clock. I'm just about ready to go to uh, Facebook Live. In fact, we're uh, broadcasting now on Facebook Live and uh, taking your questions on cryptocurrency as well. Uh, and you can uh, just um, you know just send us any of your questions right now, Facebook Live, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, go there right after the, uh, after the radio show. Um, You're going right. to give me the three names of the cryptocurrencies that Tika Tawari recommends I buy them. right now? I don't have them. Okay, this is the third time this week I've asked you that. and I don't have I them. I don't believe you don't have them. I don't. I don't have You're them. You're just saving it for next Thursday. I don't have them, but, <sighs> I, but if I did, I probably wouldn't tell you. You probably wouldn't. No, and you can sign up for the, you know, sign up for the, the free uh, cryptocurrency. Where thing. would I do that? Where would I register for such a I thing? I don't know. What is the name of it? Is it, uh, <laughs> what is it? It's uh, Beck Crypto Show. BeckCryptoShow.com. Yeah, I think that's what it is. BeckCryptoShow.com. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, free next week. 
You don't want to miss that. But you do have to register, so go there and do that right now. By the way, have you heard about the uh, that Egypt found a black granite sarcophagus? It's uh, in a tomb that dates back to about 323 B.C. It's the largest wow. discovery of, of its kind in that area. Um, nobody knows what is in it. They don't know who it is. It's just this big hmm. black sarcophagus. Now, the, the debate is, should Egypt op- open it? Why are they? Uh, of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. You can't, Obviously, you're going to open it. Right. You can't have a big black box that you find in the middle of nowhere and go, all right, whatever you do, don't open that. That's that's you to know from 2300 years ago. You have to open it. Absolutely. Uh, I would want Tom Cruise and the rock and Brendan Frazier there where I open it. But and I don't want to be anywhere yeah. near it. <laughs> right. And I'm not going to be on the cargo plane that is transporting it. I'm just telling you that. But because that could be dangerous. We saw what happened we in the documentary. Uh, the mummy. In, in the mummy. Yeah. There was another one. Uh, the Indiana mummy. Jones. Oh, Indiana Jones. Uh, when they opened up that uh, box, all the heck broke loose. Yeah. And people died. Yeah. So don't look in it. You can open it, but just don't, don't look, look, at look at in it. it. No, right. So that'll be that'll be that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I, there's no question there. I would. Absolutely of course, open I would open that. It. Absolutely. People are saying, I don't want to open it because rich people will just get the money from it. Oh, brother. Shut up. Yes. Shut up. When they opened King Tut's tomb, it all went to the rich people. No, it didn't. It went to, it went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the mm-hmm. museum in Cairo. It went to Egypt. Yeah, but rich people own the museum. <laughs> and it helped. The song helped Steve Martin get rich. Uh, wow. Well, so. I, that may have been the curse. Yeah, that, that was... may have been the curse of the mummy, but I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Okay, uh, join me tonight, five o'clock only on the Blaze TV. And uh, up next is the Pat Gray Radio Roundup. How are the singing cowboys yesterday? Uh, they were pretty good. They were good. They yeah, were good. Yeah, pretty good. So, you know, today is just a grab bag. You just don't know what you're going to get yeah. with the uh, Pat Gray Radio Roundup on the Blaze Radio <laughs> Network, which is coming up next. Steer wrestling today. Yeah, mm-hmm. Glenn Beck. Mercury.